we're a couple of weeks away from Easter, and so we thought it'd be a good thing to kind of answer some questions that people have about Easter. And uh, this whole series came out of a conversation I had a few years ago where somebody was asking me about, well, now Jesus is like this guy who healed sick people, who stood against religious hypocrisy, who wouldn't be intimidated by people because of politics, and he was somebody who cast out demons, made blind people see and lame people walk. It's like, and he taught the Bible with real authority. Right. Why would anybody want to kill him? He sounds wonderful. I mean, the story of Easter is how he gets nailed to a cross, gets crucified by people who wanted him dead. Well, who wants a guy like that dead? Well, today, if you've ever wondered, yeah, why did they kill him? Well, we're going to talk about that. But I want to take a running start at it because in order to understand why some people wanted him dead, we also have to understand what Jesus came to do. And we're going to be talking about this this week, next week, and then on Easter. And I want to remind you again, if you come on Easter Sunday, we're going to proclaim that Jesus rose from the dead. There is new life in his name. He's stronger than death in the grave. He has conquered sin. We can surrender our lives to him and have brand new life through Jesus. And if that's good news to you, would you say amen? I hope you'll take advantage of inviting somebody to come to an Easter service. I talked to somebody also last week. I'm inviting people to this, and they go, well, I don't know how I feel about coming to a church service indoors. I don't know if I'm ready for that. I go, great, we've got one outdoors at 6 a.m. All you got to do is bring a chair. And they say, well, I don't know if I like sitting close. You can sit 20 feet away. we got a sound system up there. It'll be perfect. And they go, you're not going to let me out of this. I go, oh, not on your life. Look, I, I want to tell people about Jesus every time I can. And today, it is so important to remind us of why this all happened and what set the stage for this. Because there's real applications for you and me in coming to terms with what did people believe about him? Because it matters what you and I believe. Will you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, I thank you for the good news of Easter. I can't wait for a sunrise service outdoors. I can't wait for our services indoors. I can't wait to share what I'm going to share this morning. I've been chomping at the bit all week. And Father, I just thank you for the opportunity we have to open your word and hear good news. And Lord, today I pray that you will speak and you'll move me out of the way and you'll remind us of what Jesus came to do and why it matters so much what we believe about him. God, I pray these things. You'll speak to each one of us. Amen. Well, the first thing I'd remind us of here today is that the death of Jesus' friend Lazarus gives us clear insight into what Jesus came to do. But before we talk about why anybody wanted to kill him, we need to start here, and you'll see why as we kind of develop this. In John chapter 11, we find out that one of Jesus' good friends, he was friends of a man named Lazarus who had two sisters, Mary and Martha. Well, this guy was sick. And died, and Jesus did a miracle raising him from the dead. But as we read the story, remember the people in the story don't know that's going to happen. So let's go. A man named Lazarus was sick, and he lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. Bethany was a village about, I don't know, a couple miles from Jerusalem. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus's sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God, so the Son of God will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Martha and Mary and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. 
Hey, could I ask you just to underline that sentence, that although he loved them, he stayed where he was for the next two days? The next time you experience a delay in prayer, realize Mary and Martha were making a request of Jesus to come heal their brother who was sick. That's the same as you and me praying for someone. And Jesus had is going to do a miracle here that they couldn't even imagine. Jesus was going to do something much better than they were asking for. And the scripture tells us that although he loved them, he didn't give them exactly what they wanted. It didn't mean he didn't love them. It didn't mean he wasn't going to answer their prayer. It meant that he had a better plan. That's why it's so important that we read the scripture, because this reminds us of who we worship. We worship a good God whose plans are better than ours. If that's good news to you this morning, would you say amen? Yeah, so sometimes even if we have to wait, let's trust that God probably has a better idea. It's possible. Finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but now I'll go and wake him up. The disciples said, well, Lord, if he's sleeping, then they'll soon get better. They thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping, but Jesus meant Lazarus had died. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now you will really believe. Come, let's go see him. Now you will really believe. These are the two words I want us to focus on this morning. And by the way, as we go through this story, you're going to notice the word believe probably in every paragraph. When uh, John wrote his gospel, this is the next point in your outline, Jesus allowed Lazarus to die in order to, to help people believe John talked about belief everywhere. In fact, when he closed the gospel, he said, here's why I wrote this. He said, I wrote all these stories down. These are written so that you might believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you might have life in his name. Everything that Jesus was about to do was to help his disciples really believe. I mean, that's a very accurate translation because the disciples had been around Jesus doing miracles. They'd been around him. But he said, I'm going to need you to take your faith to a whole other level here. It wasn't going to be long until Jesus was going to be crucified and placed in a tomb. And they were going to have to trust that he really had the authority and the power to rise from the dead. I need you to really believe this. So, Jesus wanted Mary and Martha and his disciples to believe that he is the Messiah sent from God to save the world. And in the margin there, if you could write the word Lord, he is our Lord, Lord of heaven, Lord of earth. And Jesus, it was terribly important that his disciples believe this, that he had the authority. Lord means boss, means king, means person in charge, that Jesus has the authority to lay down his life and take it up again. King of kings. And he wanted them to believe this. And that's why he said, I'm glad this has happened the way it has. It's going to help you really believe that I am who I say I am. Listen a little more of the story and you'll see how this is unfolding. When Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days. And when Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. And Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you'd only been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Oh, yes, Martha said. Yeah, he'll rise when everyone else does. Everyone else rises on the last day, you know, judgment day. And Jesus told her, 
I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Do you believe this, Martha? Do you believe this, Martha? Could we say that question together? Do you believe this, Martha? I mean, it matters what you believe. Her answer is profound. She says, yes, Lord. Oh, I've always believed you're the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who's come into the world from God. And she is about to have her belief put to the test. So Jesus not only wanted to believe, wanted his disciples and Mary and Martha to believe that he was Lord and the Messiah, Jesus also wanted everyone who gathered at Lazarus' tomb to believe that he is stronger than death and the grave, that he is our Savior, that he came to save us from sin and the consequences of sin, of death and the grave. He's stronger. He's our Savior. In the margin, if you could write the word Savior. Where have you put him, he asked them, and they told him, Lord, come and see. And then Jesus wept. The people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved him. But some said, well, this man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? And Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb. We skipped over a little bit of this story. I didn't have room to put all of it in. But it really upset Jesus to see people weeping and mourning. Can you imagine God come into the world who created people for a right relationship with him and because of sin, because of our sinful choices, to see that now there's Sickness and death and grief. Oh, that's why he wept. That's why he's angry. I mean, 1 Corinthians 15 says, Praise God because of Jesus. He's taken the sting out of death. Well, he hadn't died on the cross here yet. But that's what he came to do to make this all right. And it's so important that we understand that Jesus came into this world to pay the penalty for our sins once and for all, to die in our place on the cross cross and take the sting out of death so we don't have to be afraid of dying we trust in him and that's why he's saying i'm glad you guys are with me you're going to have to believe this this is what i came to do because the people are standing nearby are going yeah well maybe he's not as big a deal as we thought i mean if you've been here you could heal a blind man why couldn't he keep lazarus from dying well jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb a cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them, but Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he's been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. And Jesus responded, didn't I tell you you'd see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside. They don't miss what's happening here. Martha, I'm the resurrection and the life. Do you believe this? Oh, yes, Lord, I've always believed that you're the Messiah, the Son of God. Good. Roll the stone away. I don't believe that much. I mean, she doesn't know what's going to happen next. All she knows is her dear brother, who's been in the tomb for four days, I mean, these stones in front of the tomb were huge. It would take a couple of men and probably a pry bar to get this thing out of the way, and they were sealed for a reason, to keep people out and to keep the smell in. She doesn't want the last memory of Lazarus to go, man, remember how that guy stank after four days? Whew. Who wants that for a memory for your loved one? Jesus, if you're going to go pay your respects, do it from out here. What are you doing? Martha, didn't I tell you you'd see God's glory if you believe? I do believe. 
Well, then roll the stone away. Man, this story gets extremely interesting here. So they rolled the stone aside, and Jesus looked up to heaven, and he said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me, but I said it out loud for the sake of these people standing here so that they will believe. I'm Jesus is trying to get everybody to believe. Now he wants them to believe. I want you to believe. I want them to believe that you're doing this. And then he did something amazing. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out. And that's an amazing sentence. The dead man came out. His hands and feet were bound in grave clothes and his face wrapped in a head cloth. And Jesus told him, unwrap him and let him go. little more to the story. This is the next point here. As a result of Lazarus' resurrection, many people believed in Jesus. Now, I will tell you, as I was preparing this lesson, this is the word that stood out to me more than any other in this whole preparation is. Many, not all. A dead man just walked out of the tomb. He's been in there for four days. If this isn't going to convince you, what in the world will ever convince you? I mean, now you know why belief is so central to this. No matter what these people saw, many of them believed, but apparently many did not. Many of the people who were with, Martha, with Mary believed in Jesus and they, as they saw this happen, but some went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. I mean, elsewhere in Scripture, Jesus said, you know, they're not going to be persuaded even if somebody rises from the dead. So here's a life application for you and me. It's vital that I believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. And if in the margin you could write those two words we wrote in before, that he is my Lord and my Savior. It's vital that I believe. See, it's one thing to say you believe. Oh, yeah, I believe you're the Messiah, Lord. I, do you believe I'm the resurrection life? Oh, yeah, Jesus, we're good. You're the resurrection life. I believe it. Roll the stone away. I don't believe that. Please don't roll the stone away. Well, how would that apply to you and me? Lord, I believe that you are my Savior. You died on the cross to save me from all of my sins. Good. Well, then you'll know, you'll realize then that you've sinned against me a million times more than anybody ever could have sinned against you. So I want you to forgive the people who sinned against you just the same way I'm forgiving you. You'll do that, right? Yeah, I don't believe that much. Lord, I believe you are Lord of heaven and earth. You own the cattle on a thousand hills. You're going to provide for all my needs. That's true. Good. I'm glad you believe that, John. Now, John, would you take some of the money that I've entrusted to you and give it to some other people or give it to the church? Yeah, I don't believe you that much. Lord, I believe you're the good shepherd. You guide me along the best pathway for my life. Good. I'm guiding you to start a connect group and lead it. Yeah, Lord, send somebody else. You see how this works? Oh, I believe. Really? Yeah, not really. Well, then roll the stone away. I mean, this is important for Mary and Martha. It's so important for the disciples. 
They're going to have to believe that a body laying in a tomb when the stone is rolled away could have come back to life because Jesus had the authority and the power to do that. This is a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months before Easter. They're going to be at another tomb where another stone is rolled away, and they're going to have to believe that Jesus really did rise from the dead. And John says, that's the reason I wrote all this down, so that we can believe. I mean, listen to John 3.16 with this in mind now. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. This isn't just intellectual assent saying, yeah, I believe that could happen. This is, no, I believe Jesus is the son of God, the source of life itself. He doesn't just know a little bit about healing. He is the source of life. That's why he could say to Lazarus, a guy who'd been in the grave decomposing, rotting, and he could say, come out. I mean, Paul talks about this a little bit in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. He says, hey, there's something else here. He says at the close of history, when the Lord returns, for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet call of God. And first the dead in Christ, the believers who have died, will rise from their grave. And then together with them, we are still alive and remain on the earth. We'll be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord's in the air, Lord in the air, and then we'll be with the Lord forever. I mean, Paul says, there's going to be another time when Jesus gives a commanding shout. And many commentaries tie these two stories together. Well, what would he shout? Same thing he shouted to the grave when Lazarus was in it. Come out! Can he do that? Yeah, he's the son of God. You and I can have a personal relationship with the author of life itself. If that is good news to you, would you say, praise God? Oh, it matters what we believe. And we haven't said this for a while here, but we say this at center point a lot. In the past, we used, I've probably said it too much. It's probably why I haven't said it in a while. But God doesn't have grandchildren. He has children. It matters what my parents believed, but it also matters what I believe. Hey, are you a Christian? Well, my parents are Christians. No, are you? And to his disciples, he said, I'm really glad this happened the way it did. You need to really believe in me. I mean, you need to really believe that I'm not just a guy who can do miracles. I am God. I am life itself. God in the flesh. Hmm. Now, if you let that sink in, now we can address the question that's the title of the message. And you go, good, I was hoping you were going to get to it sometime, John. I mean, you're using up all your time here. All right. Well, the religious leader's reaction to Lazarus' resurrection gives us a clear insight as to why they wanted Jesus dead. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead so that we'd believe that he is who he said he was. They had a choice to believe, too. And remember those people who didn't believe? Went and told the Pharisees. 
Well, here's what happened next. Well, then the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered a council. And they said, what are we going to do? What shall we do? For this man works many signs, miracles. If we let him alone like this, everyone's going to believe in him. And the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. Mm. The Romans were occupying Israel at the time. And you need to know this, that the chief priests were part of a group called the Sadducees. And they were politically motivated. Their theology, they didn't really believe in angels or heaven or hell or the afterlife or any of that stuff. They did believe in political power. The Pharisees, on the other hand, they believed what the Scripture said, but they believed in religion. And they believed the way to earn favor with God was to keep lots and lots of rules. In addition to the commandments in the Bible, they had lots of traditions. And they said, you've got to keep these all. And when Jesus came into the world... He came proclaiming you can have a personal relationship with God through him. And it's not about politics, and it wasn't just about keeping rules. And so they both didn't like each other very much, but they hated him more. Hmm. What shall we do? We let him alone like this. Everyone's going to believe in him, and the Romans will come take away both our place and our nation. And one of them, Caiaphas, who was being high priest at that time, that year said to them, You know nothing at all, nor do you consider that it's expedient for us that one man should die for the people and not that the whole nation should perish. Now this he did not say in his own authority, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation and not for that nation only, but also that he would gather together in one the children of God who are scattered abroad. And then from that day on, they plotted to put him to death. The chief priests plotted to put Lazarus to death also because on account of him, many of the Jews went away and believed in Jesus. We have to cancel him. What are we going to do? We're going to kill him. Well, what about Lazarus? We'll kill him too. Well, what if he doesn't stay dead again? I mean, mean, that should be a question. The religious leaders wrongly thought that their religious traditions and political power were more valuable than a personal relationship with Jesus. And Jesus knew this, and he had confronted them about this. Here's one of the confrontations he had with the Pharisees about all their rules. He said, you hypocrites, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. For he wrote, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce, for they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. It's all just a game. See, now we're back to belief again. I mean, they worshiped God and they gave him lip service, but they really put their trust in political power and they really put their trust in religious practice. If I keep enough rules and I look good to everybody, that's what's important. If we're politically in charge, that's where the work really gets done. And Jesus came saying, my kingdom is not of this world. And I want you to love people because I'll give you more love than you'll ever be able to give away. I want you to forgive people because I forgave every single one of your sins. I want you to be generous with the resources you have because if you're faithful with a little, I'll give you more. I want you to trust that I'm going to guide you along the best pathway for your life. I'll place my Holy Spirit in you. He will guide you. I just need you to trust me and step out on faith when I tell you to go.
And so they wrongly thought that they were running their lives better than Jesus could run their life. They didn't need a Savior, and they didn't want him to be Lord. And that brings us to this next point. The religious leaders rightly understood that following Jesus means surrendering everything to him. One of the things they understood so clearly, and we dare not miss this, they said, look, if you follow Jesus, you cannot be trusting in your own righteousness. If you follow Jesus, you cannot be trusting more in political power. You have to trust him, and we're not going to do it. So either he goes or we go. They were the people in charge. They're going to lose their place in their nation. Man, and this is exactly what it is when the gospel is presented to each and every person. Are you going to trust Jesus with your life or are you going to run your own life? Is he going to be Lord of, of your life or are you going to run it yourself? And praise God, so many of us have realized when I was running my life myself, I was running it into the ground. Praise be to God, Jesus saved me and gave me a new life. And when I'm under his management, under new management, my life is a million times better. If that has happened to you, would you raise your hand this morning? This is the good news. People ask me, John, do you get tired of Easter? No, I've been waiting two years. <laughs> Last year was just online. I, some of y'all weren't were even paying attention. Anyway, so uh, not going there. Sorry about that. Luke 9, 23, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross daily and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you're just going to lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you'll save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but you yourself are lost or destroyed? Because you don't even know where you're going. I'm the son of God. Believe in me. 15 or 20 years ago, a friend gave me this little figurine. It's just some scrap metal pieces that have been welded together in the shape of Jesus bearing his cross. I keep it on my desk or behind my desk so that I can look at it every day. And there's virtually no week that goes by where I don't stop and pause and look at it for a little while because on the bottom it says, the person who gave it to me said, Love in Christ, Luke 9.23. If you're going to follow Jesus, you pick up your own cross and you say, I'm dying to my own way. Why? Because of what I believe. I believe Jesus is the Son of God. I'm not. I believe he is stronger than death in the grave. I'm not. I believe that he forgave me my sins and washed all my guilt away. I can't do that on my own. I believe he'll guide me even when I don't know where to go. I believe that he'll provide for me so I can be generous to others. I believe he forgave me so I can forgive others. I believe in Jesus. But the question is, will I really believe? Man, that's the question. Pharisees, chief priests, no. Even Lazarus coming from, back from the dead wouldn't make him believe. And that's why it's so ironic that Caiaphas, the high priest, unintentionally prophesied that Jesus needed to die for the good of the people everywhere. I mean, he was just being pragmatic. Look, we've got to kill this guy. And John says he didn't even mean to prophesy this, but he described 
how Jesus would die, that he'd be crucified. Now, a follow-up question to all of this would be, well, okay, so Jesus knew all this. He'd planned all this. Well, then he certainly knew what the motives of these guys were. Why would he let himself be murdered? And if you've ever asked that question, well, why would Jesus let himself be murdered? You need to come back next week because that's what we're going to answer next week. I mean, this is an amazing story. It's an amazing story. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, I thank you that John wrote down all of this. You inspired him to write down every single word so that we can believe. And Lord, I don't want to be like the Pharisees. Their worship was a farce. It was in words only. They worshiped you with their lips, but they didn't really believe. And Martha, she said she believed, but when it was really put to the test, oh, Lord. And that's where I am. Lord, you said your disciples needed this story to really believe. I need this story to really believe. Help me trust you this week when I have to forgive somebody that you forgave me so you'll give me the forgiveness to pass on. Help me really believe this week when you challenge me to be generous with my resources because you give me everything I have. Help me really believe this week, Lord, when I have to trust you for direction in my life because you're the good shepherd and you will guide me along the best pathway for my life. I have to really believe that when you're challenging me to step out on faith and do something I've never done before. I have to trust you with my money, with my relationships, with my past, with my future. Lord, help me to pray rather than worry and really believe that you answer prayer because you are the Son of God, the Messiah and the source of life itself. Thank you, Lord. Hear our prayers. Help us believe. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray these things. Amen.